What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Heroes for Sale podcast. Uh, my name is Adam. I am your host. Yet again, we are not in the Brita Water Filter Studio outside of Boston. We are still outside of Boston, but we are in the great outdoors once again. I know how everyone loves these episodes. Um, so today, on the episode, I want to talk about Hall of Famers. Um, as many people know, uh, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker... Uh, we'll be going into they'll be going into the Hall of Fame, um, and it's something that I've talked about in the past, and I think, but I think it's good to reiterate because I people it's not that people forget about their cards, like Hall of Famers cards and potential Hall of Famers cards, but they can get really wrapped up in like the newest shiniest shiniest thing. Um, and actually, before I get into the Hall of Fame, I do quickly want to uh, mention. Zion's debut, which I'm gonna hand up, hand up here. Didn't watch the second half of the game, so saw him with two points at the end of the first half, and thought and, and heard about the minutes restriction and was like, oh well, so he's probably not gonna get any. He's probably not gonna get some major time in the second half. Comes out just scores like 20 points in the second half. So like you know that's on me. Uh, next game's on Friday. I don't know if it's on national TV, so I'll have to either stream the game or figure out a way to watch it. But I'll do it. I'll. I'll, I'll I'm not afraid. I'm. Uh, I'm brave enough to say, hand up. I didn't watch the end of the game. Obviously, it's insane. You know, Zion. I, I, that's way, much better than I was expecting, to be honest. Which is why <clears throat> I had my auction for one of my Zions and. Be, before the game started, it ended at like 9.30, and a bunch of cars were selling for, like I saw some sell over 100, some were selling around 100, some were selling around 90, mine only sold for 70, so that's unfortunate, uh, because that, and that just shows kind of sometimes the volatility of the card market, and what can happen if you potentially aren't listing your cards at the right time. Uh, which I clearly didn't because I lost out on like 20 bucks. Which, if I had sold it at 100, obviously that would have doubled the overall investment on the two cards that I bought. But whatever. I mean, I'm not super worried about it. Um, I'm probably going to sell the other Zion now that. I mean, now that the price is. If, if, I don't know. I think if the card sells around like 80 or 90 and I can just basically. And, and now I'm also kicking myself for not buying more. But, you know, what can you do? Can't go back in time. Can't really do anything about it. It's fine. I'm fine. Uh, but so back to back to the Hall of Fame stuff. So Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, Hall of Famers. Um, I would say that Derek Jeter cards were already priced pretty uh, competitively in the market. Like they were already pretty high. Like the the '93 rookie card that you could have bought for Jeter. It, even over the summer when I was looking at it, I think it was like around 150 around the summer. So I was like, ah, no. But now, then it, I mean, it quickly shot up. And I was looking, and it's around 250 to $300 now. Which, I mean, that's not surprising. I mean, Jeter is Jeter. Is Jeter. But the one thing with Hall of Famers that did surprise me, uh, and I know that there's another Jeter. It's like an SB, SP foil card that's like, Super rare, like I, and I really haven't looked into that card as much. I've only seen the 
the headlines of the expensive price tags that card has come with. Um, but I know it exists, so I understand that. I just don't know much about it, so I'm not going to talk about it yet. Uh, maybe once Jeter gets inducted, I'll have some more info, and we'll do this podcast all over again. Um, and I'll be telling you the card's at five hundred dollars, and I'll be like, oh, I should have bought, I should have bought one at two fifty, whatever. Uh, Larry Walker, nineteen ninety tops rookie, or nineteen ninety any any rookie, because the nineteen ninety was like a there was so many cards that you could have bought back then, so that's one reason why. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're. I mean, I don't think they're necessarily cheap now, but obviously they're cheaper than Jeter. But like with Walker, there was just literally tens, tens of different rookie cards from that year you could have bought. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, considering how many rookie cards there are now, but they're all from different companies, and they're all basically just base rookie cards. Like, now you have different... You either have, like, tops if you're talking baseball, or Panini if you're talking football or basketball, or Upper Deck if you're talking hockey. And those rookie cards are... They're all coming out with multiple products throughout the year. And the multiple products are then leading to multiple rookie cards. So I guess, you know, the errors... I guess you could kind of say, well, isn't that the same thing? And it's like, I don't know, maybe, if you want to look at it that way. I I think it, I don't know, I'm not sure if it devalues either of the two sides, either the real, the defined rookie card or the other rookie cards. I would say, if anything, it devalues the other rookie cards, where back then you had, like, Fleer, you had maybe Score, you had Leaf was another one, you had... There's probably Bowman, Bowman, not not Bowman Chrome yet, but Bowman. Whoa. Uh, so, and then that kind of gets into the larger conversation of like, I've talked about this in the past, you know, like risk when you're buying these cards. Like, if you're if you're buying into players who are in the leagues now, I mean that's the that's I'd say that's the most risky play you can make. Unless you're buying, like, a Mike Trout. Um, I'd say even, like, Mookie Betts is kind of in that conversation. Players who have won MVPs, I think, are relatively safe buys. Consider- and if they're later on in their career. If they won an MVP earlier in their career, I'm a little bit more nervous because they still have the rest of their career. But if they're in, like, year 8, 9, 10, maybe, and they've won an MVP, uh, I'd say that's definitely safer safer or less risk. And it's kind of it's similar to what I was talking about yesterday with the prospect cards versus the Jordan cards. Obviously, if you're buying a player early in his career, that card has way more room, I think, to grow than you look at maybe a, a player who's 8, 9, 10 years into the league, won an MVP. That card might have more... That card could have more value in the future if that other person doesn't pan out. But, I mean, I think that goes without saying. I don't even think that's, that's like, obvious. But then we get into Hall of Famers and or potential Hall of Famers. So, like, you look at the next few classes of Hall of Famers, you have some pretty iconic players going in. I mean, Jeter. You got Kobe going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. You'll have uh, Peyton Manning going into the football hall of fame not till 2021 but still i think he is i think he's on the same level 
as Kobe, in my opinion. So I think Peyton Manning is going to be a card that I'm going to be looking into more and potentially buying uh, for that reason. I mean, I think, like I said, I think he's on the same sort of level as Kobe when it comes to icon. I mean, he's on TV still. He has passing records in, in, a, in, a, in a quarterback-driven market like football. He was on the top 100, top 10 quarterback of all time list, like when they did the top 100 players of all time. So, like, I see that card, and and I'm talking about the Bowman Chrome or the regular tops, not the Topps Chrome. The Topps Chrome, I believe when I checked, it was in the three to two to two to three hundred dollar range. But the regular, the Bowman Chrome, and the Regular tops. I, I when I was looking, I don't remember exactly, but I think they were in like the hundred, hundred fifty dollar range, which is is what Kobe was in over the summer. When I was like, "How are these Kobe cards not more expensive?" He's going to the Hall of Fame. How are they only a hundred dollars? Um, so I think I'm gonna look into a little bit more. But Peyton Manning might be a player that I'm buying uh, before he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. Because 2021, I mean, he's a first ballot. I don't know if they do how they do baseball, where people vote. But I'd say he'd, he'd be unanimous if they do that. And that's one thing that I think people were kind of a little upset about, was Jeter not being unanimous. And it's like, I think I, I may have mentioned this. If you follow me on TikTok, I was talking about this a little bit on a live stream yesterday. And just saying, like, in my opinion... If Ken Griffey Jr. isn't a unanimous player, then I don't think Derek Jeter should be a unanimous player. And if the other problem is there's only one in the history of baseball, one unanimous player, and that was Mariano, Mariano Rivera, which granted he was, if we're talking best baseball players, it's tough to really put a pitcher in best baseball player of all time. But at the same, t- But at the same time, he was the best relief pitcher and probably... I'd say he he was probably the most dominant player. Like, could, I, I would say similar to like how Barry Bonds played. Like Barry Bonds was just ridiculously dominant, and just had when he came to the plate, you almost knew Barry Bonds was going to be hitting a home run. If you're coming in, if Mariano Rivera's coming into the game, you know he's going to throw you a cutter, and you're going to swing and miss. And he's going to get the save. Unless you're facing David Ortiz in the 2004 playoffs. Sorry, Yankees fans, but I had to do that one. You know, because... And that's why I think Mariano Rivera, he... I guess he deserves unanimous, but he's the only unanimous player. So, like, I'm alright with players not be voting... Players not being voted in unanimously. Granted, it was one vote. So, like, I think Ken Griffey Jr. was three or four votes. And I think that's still uh, obviously not ideal. But, I mean, you look at it. If players are just going to be getting voted in unanimously, then, like, what's the point of even voting? Like, I understand how they do it. And... You know what, I just don't really particularly like the Hall of Fame voting, if I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> Excuse me. Because, like, why do, if, a, if I understand that a player has a bunch of chances to make it into the Hall of Fame, but, like, if you 
vote for a Hall of, if you don't vote for somebody, they're not playing any more games. So what then makes them a Hall of Famer if you didn't vote them in the first time? Like, if you're saying because there's all there's like 20 people on these lists that people are voting on, so like what makes someone what makes someone a Hall of Famer if they're not playing any more games? If they previously weren't voted for a Hall of Fame, they, I feel I think the the NFL has like a committee, and I think that's how it should be in the in the uh, the NFL. I mean, it's just so baseball too to like have the writers of baseball who are just like grinders, just like write about write about games to 165 day or 162 games a year, days a year, like just grinding it out. They're the ones that are voting, and. I don't know, you know what I mean? You look at it and you say, well, I feel like baseball writers get a lot of slack sometimes because they kind of write, like, in my opinion, sometimes they write, like, not meaningless articles, but articles that are just like, what was even the point of that? It's like, it's like so-and-so player said this, but it's like he said something that was just like, I had eggs for breakfast or something stupid like that. You know what I'm talking about? So I think the whole Baseball Hall of Fame voting system I don't know how it can be fixed so I'm not I'm not here to try and say I know how to fix it but at the same time I don't think it's I don't think it's correct because then you have you have people who are not voting in the steroids guys so it's like what the heck like those players those players are responsible for growing the sport. <laughs> like, so I just don't understand how the writers, these baseball writers, are responsible for if someone gets into the Hall of Fame. Because, like, the players from the 90s, the Roger Clemens, the uh, Barry Bonds, the Mark McGuire's, the... Uh, I mean, those players, like, they grew, regardless of if they did steroids or not, they grew the sport a hundred times fold compared to these writers. So why is it that the writers have the decision whether these people go into the Hall of Fame or not? Which, look, these baseball players, I don't feel particularly bad for them. I would say anyone who is a potential Hall of Famer probably, and I, and I also am kind of speculating a little bit here, they probably are, are, are fine. No. They're probably not fine not getting in, but it's like, it's just an extra thing for them. And I get it. Maybe they, for their own reasons, which if I were a baseball player and I was good enough to be in the Hall of Fame, I would want to be in the Hall of Fame, you know? But if I'm Barry Bonds, I would want to be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of if I did steroids or not. So I just think, I don't know. Especially the writers who are writing about, like, this era, like, this era compared to the 90s, like... They need to figure out what's going on because the players just aren't... It's not that they're not performing because they're playing well, but, like, if you look at those 90s teams and you just look at who was on them, like, compared to now, I mean, the stars of the game, they were recognizable. I I don't think the stars of baseball are now recognizable. And I think they should be. And I think they could be if they found a way to do it. Like... I don't know. I'm not sure what they can do to fix that there, really. But, like I said, I think the Hall of Fame could be fixed a little bit. Um, but, so back to sports cards. And I'm gonna, I'm actually just going to wrap up, uh, wrap things up in a little bit to the episode. 
Um, you look at you look at Hall of Famers, and you know they're going into the Hall of Fame, and you know they're going to get a bump in their prices once they get inducted. I'd say the majority it'll it's majority of the people who are like the star player that's getting inducted, less the uh, secondary or like third tier Hall of Famers that are getting in. Um, and I also think with football, it is going to be quarterbacks mostly, which is another reason why I like Peyton Manning as a buy because. You look at his cards and you say, who's the next who's the next really superstar NFL player who's going to get inducted that realistically has cards that people want? Uh, Andrew Luck, maybe. I would say if he doesn't come back, he's probably the next quarterback. I don't remember over the past few years really a quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback that was re- that re- that retired. I'd say Eli Manning will probably be a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP, so I think that puts him... I guess. It's just the thing is, like, he was so mediocre in the games where he wasn't playing in the Super Bowl. And that's from a Patriots perspective as well, just just to be clear. So maybe I'm a little bit biased here by saying Eli Manning is overrated, which I don't even think he's overrated. I don't even think he's rated at all. I think he's very average. So I'll just say that. But he won two Super Bowl MVPs. So, like, does that make him a Hall of Famer? I guess. I don't know. I'm not voting. So I don't, my opinion doesn't really matter. But so you look at that, and you say Peyton Manning is probably, he's other, and then also just in sports in general, he's probably an, on an icon level that is probably top one to two player during the generation that he played. So he, that's another reason why he's probably the next like icon type player to go in. Uh, I mean, if I looked at some lists, I probably would be able to make some arguments for some other people. But like the Kobe Peyton Manning type of comparison, I think is. I think is um, warranted, and I think if you're looking for a player who you want to buy now and hold on to for a year or two until this player gets in the Hall of Fame, I think Peyton Manning's a pretty good, a pretty good option to be honest. And I think, um, I think the year he's going into the Hall of Fame, I could see him having a lot of press as well. That's another thing that I think will event that could affect his cards a little bit. Um, the, he's also on TV, so like that also affects it a little bit. Um, yeah, but that's so that's gonna be it for the episode. Everybody, if you go to my Instagram, you go to the link in my bio, you'll find all of the links everywhere: TikTok, uh, Twitch, which I've been streaming a little bit of Fortnite recently. Uh, I usually post about it on uh, Instagram. Uh, if you're interested in that, there's also some merch. Uh, no new merch yet, but there is. So there is a Lucas shirt and there's a Trey Young shirt up on the store right now that you can buy. Um, Zion filter is in there, as I say. I filtered down pretty pretty close to what is the. I filtered down pretty close to what is the. Just the base prism cards. So if you want to check that out, that link is in there. That'll bring you right to eBay. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna be it for the episode, everybody. So I will see you in the next one.